0: Where's Fielder? He's gone to the dogs. Hey, is this Fred Moran? I hear you've been looking for me. My my phone went bad a week ago. They didn't have none in store. They said they won't have them until Friday. That's this coming tomorrow. So I haven't had that number in use for about eight days. Well,
1: I figured Uh, you were either in jail, or you were probably out there deer hunting somewhere.
0: Usually in jail. Usually (laughs) in jail. Now, then uh, well, I went to Indiana deer hunting. I go every year well for the last eight. I used to hunt Kentucky. I've I've hunted everywhere. Tennessee, but I probably deer hunted in at least 25 states, but uh, all over the west, but Anyhow, we went out to Indiana. A guy out there makes dog boxes, and I, I probably bought and sold a hundred for him. And he's no longer in the business, but I called him, and he's he's no hunter. Uh, oh, he occasionally hunts, but uh, he told me, "Come on out." He used to lease a property, and I'd see so darn many deer when I'd go. I'd pick up three or four dog boxes. I says. Tony, what's the chance of deer hunting here? He says I had a lease for the last eight years. He says and I don't know what happened. The guy didn't renew their lease this year. Or if you want to come out, you come on out. So I took my kid every year with me, just me and him. This year we took the grandson. He's seven years old, and it's the first time ever that we struck out. We the weather was nasty out there. Snow, sleet, rain. And uh, I only seen 10 deer the first day. My kid seen the same amount. But he uh, he gave the gun to the little one who's seven. And he shot a deer, a buck, knocked it down. It stopped bleeding after a while. We're falling the best we could. But it's getting dark and it's rain, starting to rain. We figured we'd come back in the morning and find him, but we never did. And my kid shot a coyote chasing a deer, and that's all we got. I saw a buck the Sunday morning. We only hunted till nine thirty and came one home. I saw a buck Sunday morning, but he was too fast for me. By the time I got out of the truck, and that he was long gone. So he'll be there for next what- year. And uh there's plenty of deer there where we hunt. They killed the state record within a quarter of a mile where we hunt a couple years ago. My kid killed a 12-point that year out there, and I said, that's probably a pump of that state record. It was a good deer, but uh like I say, I enjoy deer hunt, especially different places. Uh, I get his big kick out. Of that was a good coon dog,
1: Well, so. I figured that yeah. you were out there chasing Bambi around the woods or whatever, cause uh, yeah. I tried to check in. Only
0: thing is, we didn't catch Bambi this year. <laughs> he got away from us. But our season comes in not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. I'll get one there, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I like hunting out in Indiana. It's nice. Everybody thinks it's flat, not where we go. It's just hills like here Annette, and that pretty big hill. I could look I could look in the top field that I hunt and uh, see Kentucky from where I'm at. I all I gotta do is swim across the river <laughs> and not be in Kentucky.
1: Well, you know, that's something wow. deer hunting is something that never the bug never really bit me. I've done a little. You know, and I like I like it. I like uh-huh. that back strap, uh, nubbin more. I'm recording, Fred. I haven't talked to you in so long. I figured i better do, you'd have a lot of stories for me. So I uh, I've got I've got the <laughs> recorder going and uh but uh I've been trying One to get chamber. up with you there and so I, I got a network, you know. I can I contacted Patty uh and Yeah, <laughs> that's what
0: I heard. She called me. She, I didn't even tell her my other phone wasn't working and uh, until you called. And then I told her, I said, it ain't worked in seven, eight days. I said, but I'll have a new one tomorrow. Uh, the guy tried to sell me a smartphone. I said, I ain't smart enough to use a smartphone. <laughs> well,
1: I tell you what, oh, I was. Wow. she and I had that conversation because uh, I, I want to get her on a podcast with you. Uh, sometime i i think those <laughs> stories <laughs> I, maybe at least we get a, a a different view on some of these stories you've been telling us but she <laughs> right, right. right. well and she told me you both have flip phones so you kind of like my buddy nubbin down yep. in there in alabama yep. he finally got a smartphone but uh we'll figure it out somehow when you record these things the editor uh, producer wants them a- each voice to be on a separate channel, and uh, I can do a uh, conference what? call where you and her would be on the same line coming in. But that's not the way they want it. They want it on a individual well, channel.
0: Next, you're going to be asking us to. Well, no, that'll work
1: too. Do you got? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I I got. It.
1: Well, you. But, uh,
0: I, I called her this morning. I said, did you go hunting last night or was it too cold for you? She says, I didn't go out. She said, I was ready to go. And a coon hunter called me. They called me from the woods. And they talked so long, I just figured I'd <laughs> stay home. So she didn't go last night. We got a big coon contest coming up mm-hmm. Saturday night, or Friday, tomorrow oh, okay. Friday.
1: You're not going to put lead I weights in it and all like they did those wall No, eyes no,
0: that ain't. I tell my kid about that. He's down your way fishing right now at Lake Hartwell, oh, South good for Carolina. Him. He, if he, uh, if he progresses down there, this ain't the big one, but you, I guess you've got to win something there, and he is going to win money if he gets in a winner circle. And then he gets to fish the big one at Lake Hartwell, I think, in December. Yeah. I didn't call him, and he ain't called home, so I don't know how he's doing. I guess he'll probably come home Sunday, I imagine. But uh, he's as nuts about that fishing yeah. as I oh, am. Yeah. Is he
1: fishing for striped bass down there, stripers, or is he fishing mm-hmm. for largemouth? No. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, uh probably large mouth and small mouth my guess anyhow he goes in tournaments all over my grandson has got the bug just like him and he works for the gas well company he makes big money there's no question about that they put on a, a fishing tournament every year in march down in texas and he went there. The first uh, they pay the top twenty people. First place gets twenty thousand, but you're not allowed to keep that twenty thousand. You donate seventeen thousand to some uh, some okay. charity that they have, and but you get to keep three thousand. First year, all he won was a lot. He got in the top fifty. They pay up to fifty yeah. places, he, and. Uh, he got a lot of real stuff like that. Second year, he didn't win nothing. The third year, he won everything. Well, good
1: for him. Good and, for him.
0: Uh, and uh, some, of them, some of them Southern boys hollered up, damn Yankee beat us again. My, <laughs> my grandson hollered down. He said, it ain't the first time the Yankees Uh-oh. beat oh you going to
1: start the Civil War all over <laughs> well, again.
0: He's a, he's a big boy, <laughs> four. I got miss. you. Well, well yeah. hey, you were talking
1: Party. about that him making big money. You know, when I worked at the registries, I made big money too. Those they paid me once a week, and those dollar bills were twelve inches longer, better. You know, I mean, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that wasn't that funny, was it? Okay, yeah. we'll uh, we'll refrain but, from the bad jokes. Well, that's good. Well, let's uh, let's talk about some coon hunting.
0: Well, I've had bad luck here lately. I, I, me and Patty was hunting one night about oh, a month ago, uh, maybe uh, five weeks ago. And my dog come up limping in the woods. Uh, I had a two-year-old, and he's a pretty nice dog. I liked him. I had big oaks for him, and he's like Fred Moran, loud <laughs> mouth. And uh, yeah. he, he was yeah. a tree dog. And I had big hopes for him. But anyhow, um, he didn't suit me a 100%, but he was pretty darn good. I had a couple people wanting to buy him. And, uh, and in fact, Kerry Rooks even sent me a check for him and uh, figured that I'd change my mind or something. Uh, I, I sent his check back. But anyhow, uh, the dog started limping in the woods. And where we treated that, she only had one dog. She brought one of her blue dogs, and I had this red dog. I just called him uh, Rustale Red, uh, named after town. I get my mail out of it. But anyhow, uh, he was not acting right, and he was limping a little bit. I thought, what the heck would have happened to him? And I looked him all over and There was a tree falling down with a bunch of jagged branches out of it right next to the tree we treed on. And I felt that he got hurt on that tree somehow. But I couldn't find a scratch on him or any marks or blood anywhere. So I thought, ah, you'll be okay. Took him home. I left him go for about two days, and he's still limping. I called a vet, took him up there uh they couldn't find a thing wrong with them The the girl the woman doctor up there she says the muscle on the one side the right side is a little shriveled up compared to the muscle on the other hmm. side well when it first happened the first two days well dr moran thought he knew everything I started giving him uh, doxycycline. I thought, he's got Lyme disease, and he's getting how they mm-hmm. get limpy in the legs and that. And I thought, I'll just doctor that for a while, see if it makes any difference. Well, when it didn't make no difference in about four days, I decided to take him to a vet. I told her what I did. She said, well, that ain't going to hurt him. But she checked him for Lyme disease. I don't know why she checked him for heart wounds because that don't make him limp. But she checked him for that too while she drew blood. And that She couldn't find a thing wrong with it. She says, Here, I says, another thing I put on him, I said, it's always worked for me in the past is DMSO. I says, uh, that makes a lame horse run and makes a dog better and everything else. She said, that won't hurt. She said, If you got more, put some more on. So I did. Well, I took the dog. After about three more days, he started walking okay. I took him on. That was stupid. The next day, he's limping again. I thought, well, the next time you start walking on all fours, I'll uh, let you have a good rest. Well, I let it go for about 10 days, maybe two weeks. And he was walking fairly good. I took him hunting. Hit favor that lake every once in a while. But most of the time he was doing pretty good. And uh then here um he went off his feet for a day or two, mm. wasn't eating. I thought uh, you he always had a good appetite. I thought that'll improve. Well it didn't, but he was eating a lot better and most most of the time finishing his path. And uh, here, uh, a friend of mine, he, I told him, catch me a box trap coon. I want to pull it I got a five month old puppy. I said, I want to get a star to bring me a coon up. He brought a coon over one day and I said, I'm going to take the two year old. I says, because that ain't going to be much aggravation. I want something to bark at that coon so the pup gets started in that. So I took him out. We the coon, knocked it out for the pup. pup didn't do that much. He is now, but at that time, he didn't do that, that much. The old dog just didn't act right. Well, I call him old, but he's only two. I says, something's wrong with that dog. And Luke, I says. He didn't uh, eat good yesterday, and uh, I fed him last uh, last night, and it's still in a pan. I said that bothers me when a dog don't eat, and uh, so I thought, well, it's another trip to the vet. I'll take him tomorrow. I'll call her and tell. Him. Next day, I go up at seven in the morning and feed him. He's laying there dead. I don't know what that dog died from. Uh, he was in perfect shape other than favoring that leg once in a while. And so your guess is as good as mine. I thought about getting an autopsy, but I tell you, that, was, that is a money down the toilet. Uh, it, it ain't going to cure me on the next dog. Uh, I might know what it is, but I, I really mm. don't know. And I worked, when I was in high school, I worked for a vet for two years. I learned a lot from him. But I ain't no vet myself, and I figured this woman, oh, and I took him back up there to that vet again a second time, and I told her, I says, hey, this dog's still up, and, and she couldn't find a thing. She said, just give him some rest, and a bird dog man told me this. He said, do you let your dog jump off the tailgate? I said, yep. He says, catch it uh, now. Grab him out of the box and let him down yourself. He says you'll be surprised how many people don't know it, that a dog would jump off the tailgate and hurt itself. And you might not see it right away, but it'll show up occasionally. And you know what? When I got that dog out of the dog box one day after this guy told me, he looked at the ground like he was a little afraid to jump onto the ground. So I picked him up every since that I I thought he knows something that I don't know whether I'm guessing or what because of what the bird dog man told me. But I start picking him up and letting him down by hand. I I really wish I knew what happened, but well, I don't. And mm. the dog's gone. So. I start looking for a dog, and it ain't like it used to be. I had contacts all over. Uh, I'm not bragging, but maybe I am. i sold dogs in every state there is but Hawaii. I sold them in Germany, and uh, uh, I sold three in Alaska. uh, But Hawaii is the only state I never sold a dog in. And uh, the guy I sold, uh, one of the guys I sold to in Alaska, I said, "What are you going to use this dog for?" I'm, I showed him a puppy. I was just curious. He says, "Coon hunting." He said, "We got a lot of coon on the islands." Uh, that surprised me. But, I didn't. Well, know that. I sure didn't but, either, uh,
1: Fred. But I want to interject something here just a second. You know, I, sure. in my experience over the years, when dogs would go off their feed. Uh, I found that usually it was kidney problems. Did they check his kidneys real well?
0: No, I didn't know. uh, I stayed there, and she didn't tell me anything about kidney. She uh, gave me a a slip of what she did do, and the only thing I seen on there other than taking an x-ray she uh, checked it for mm-hmm. Lyme disease and
1: checked it for heart Well, disease. and I'm going to uh, echo what you said earlier about being a vet, you know, and Dr. Moran. Uh, I'm, you know, I've been Dr. Fielder down through the years, too. And I, I but, you know, right. I, anytime there was something that seemed to be pretty serious, I always went into a vet. Although, when I was in the military, we had a deal. It was right at the close of the Vietnam War. And they were telling all of us guys overseas that, hey, if you want to, we're going to do this project transition and we've got more troops over here than we need. And if you are going to go in a particular career field and want to get some on-the-job training, we'll let you do that the last six months of your tour. And so guys would say, well, I'm going to be a mechanic and they'd send them down to the motor pool. And somebody said, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to go and try to, you know, uh, uh, work in the medical field. And they'd send them to the hospital. I told them I wanted to be a vet. I was going to go to vet school when I got out. So they let me go and work in the yep. vet clinic for six months, my last six months of, of duty there. And I learned a lot. You know, I they let me – yeah.
0: Oh yeah. You you pick yeah. up different things that you never right, knew but before. I certainly
1: you know diagnosis is is really <laughs> the hardest part. I uh, I think in being a vet is to try to figure out because the dog can't tell you where it hurts. Uh, he might act like you it. you pick up on the way he's walking or the way you know the where you palpate him or feel his stomach or whatever and you can tell that he's tender there or whatever but otherwise they can't say doc it hurts when I do this you
0: know well I've used through the course of years i probably used five or six different vets. the one I worked for for two years he was good but his buddy come up to visit him all the time and he lived even closer to me And I started going to him. I thought he was a much better vet. And and he he took care of me uh, financially in every way. He was a good guy. I I got a kick out of him. But anyhow, I I had a dog, one of the best dogs I ever owned, my hickory dog. And um, anyhow, he started getting sick on me, various things. So I, I took him. Uh, at the time, Johnny Chilser, the Walker guy, worked for me for about six, seven years. I said, I'm going to give you a day off tomorrow. I want you to take my dog to Ohio State University. I already made arrangements. See what they find out on a dog. I sent him there. He bought a sheet back and everything and a big bill. Well, he paid the bill out there. And then he they didn't do me a bit of good as far as I was concerned. Sure, I heard of a clinic in Ohio called Crago Clinic near Youngstown. Every coon hunters told me they performed perform miracles. Sent them over to Craigo Clinic. They couldn't do me any good. Uh, the state dog woman at that time, she's dead now. She said, why don't you see my boyfriend? He owned Pittsburgh Animal Hospital. And she told me his name, which was Jack Knuckle. He was a hunter. But he never had coon dogs or anything. And I says, Adrian, all she's going to do is waste my time. I says, nobody seems to know what's wrong with this dog. She says, try him. He says, I'll call him up for you. So she called him up, and I met the guy. He was quite a character, a character and a half. We became good buddies. And I'll tell you what, that guy was a genius. Birds of the animal. feather flock together, you know, friend. He, birds of the feather
1: flock together they say
0: <laughs> uh, well i don't know about that but anyhow he could look at a dog in five minutes and tell you what's wrong with it and 99 times out of 100 he was right he told me things about my dog first of all at that time i lived in duquesne that, that's in a city and i had a kennel right in the city to, uh council never give me no trouble about it or anything else but if the dogs didn't need all their feed pigeons would come and then start putting their droppings in the feed pans and that and the dogs i guess licked them and that my dog got what was called histoplasmosis it's a fungus from pigeon droppings right. and that's what my dog had that was one of the things and he's the first one that discovered it, and he proved to me that he was right. And we just became good friends. He bought a coon dog off me. Uh, he wanted to go coon hunting some night, and I went up there and took him out. And, and it was summertime. He says, I want to kill them all on my place. He said, they get, they get all my chickens. He killed five that night. I said, you can't do that. I said, wait till winter time comes. I'll come back. He said, I got to have a dog. So I got him a dog. And I, this guy was such a character. His girlfriend that he had it was a state dog woman. Uh, she'd come check my kennel, my paperwork and all that. And she bought him a calf for Christmas time. And he had everything up there. He had three wild coyotes that he tamed. He got them as pups. And they'd follow him like Lassie everywhere he went. They'd hide in the bushes all day. <laughs> and when he come home and got out of his truck, they'd run up to him just like they were Lassie. Mm. But anyhow, getting back, he's talking to me on the phone one day. Now, this is the type of guy he is. He says, hey, wait, I'll call you back. The damn cow just walked <laughs> in the kitchen.
2: <laughs> Must be time to <laughs> that's, milk.
0: That's the way he <laughs> You you had to meet this guy to believe it. I mean, he was a character. And did you ever see the movie oh, Rain yeah. Man? Yeah. His brother was sort of uh-huh. like that guy in, uh, uh, in Rain Man. The guy, if you called his house and say at 3 o'clock, uh, his name was Kevin. Jack, you had a call at 3.07 p.m. this afternoon. Moran Coach. He'd have it down to the second what time you would call him and everything. <laughs> well, he doesn't and hear from dignitaries he, like that say, often,
1: probably, and he just won.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the best one. Did you ever hear that song, Hello Teddy Bear, or something like that? It was about a a oh, yeah, driver. yeah, about the little and boy, I,
1: I, yeah, that talked to the yeah. truckers.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, he had a CB, he had a CB, and Jack came home from work one day, and there's two AT rulers in his driveway. he give them truckers such a story. Oh, man, he ripped that CB out of the wall. And got up on a roof toward the area, and he said, There will be no more truckers (laughs) here. They they were characters, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, Tricks (laughs) they played on each other. He he was quite a guy. But he died at an early age. I fixed him up. He was a crew nutter's vet. I bet you I. I had twenty coon hunters going to him. They all knew him, and he was a coon hunter's friend. You always got a discount if you were. A well, coon you
1: know that reminds so, me uh, of Doctor Asa Kelly in Michigan. Uh, did you know uh-huh. Doc Kelly?
0: No, yeah. I didn't. Uh, I don't think I, I knew the doc. Yeah, there me. you go. Oh, well,
1: Doc Kelly and his wife and, Marlene were coon hunters. They kept plot dogs. They lived there uh, near, Uh uh, not far out of Jackson, uh, on Rolling Highway. I can't remember the name of the town. But he was um, a very very active coon hunter at one time and and entered the night hunts and the shows. And he was a director uh, in the Plot Association when I was involved. And uh, just an all-around great guy. But he seemed to have a gift to di- uh, to diagnose dogs and coon hunters
0: well, Knuckle yeah. was the same way yeah. Knuckle was coon the same hunters way. all
1: over the country would bring their dogs in there uh to dock you know
0: this guy was this guy was such a character him and i went to a night out one time i'll never forget this it was in illinois i he says who's going to drive i said i don't care i said i prefer you drive i said We use my truck. He says, let's fly. I says, I don't care. We'll we'll get a a plane ticket. We'll fly. We flew out there, and we ran to Cadillac El Dorado.
1: Big time in it, huh? When we got there. That sounds like something Lubert would do. (laughs) Fred Lubert. That sounds like something he'd
0: do. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when we got out there, I had a red female. She was pretty good, nothing spectacular. I tied her to a front bumper on the ground. And she jumped up on the hood of that Cadillac. And she stood there just like she was an ornament on the hood. But I seen the scratches all over that damn hood. I thought, oh, man, we're going to be paying for that. And... Uh, if you didn't watch her, I finally tied her to a tree. She was all over that Cadillac. i bet when they got that thing, they didn't say a word to us when we turned it back in, but I'll bet you they said, where'd all these scratches come from on that car? Yeah. Like, we lived a luxury life out there at that time. Well, I imagine several rental yeah.
1: car companies over the years that <laughs> that coon hunters have rented vehicles, and I've I've been guilty myself, oh, yeah. you know, over the years. And bring them back; they were kind of pretty muddy. And
0: the only thing is, this Cadillac was pretty yeah. new. I, it was only I'd say a year old. <laughs> <laughs> have been yeah. up like it But all uh, the stories I could tell you about him, he well, was something. He told me when he went to vet school, him and two other. Want to be vets? Got a dead horse somewhere that they were going to work on the next day, and put it in the their boss's bed at the uh, college where they were going. They put it, carried that horse and put That's it in his bed. Strange as the should, Godfather there,
1: win. you know. The horse head.
0: <laughs> "Yeah." Well, they did the same thing. That's probably where he got it from. So I don't know. Well, was but, there uh, a particular was,
1: dog that he treated for you that he, uh, dog, the yeah, hickory okay. dog? Yeah,
0: he had a history uh, right. right. he Then he had prostate trouble. Uh, and when he got nine years old, he would he lost his voice to that prostate or uh, that histoplasmose. He'd open his mouth to bark and nothing would come out. I give him to Jack when he was nine, ten years old. He was still able to breed, but mostly he did it artificially. And, uh, I bred a couple more females to him and that was it. But he lived till he was 11. But after he was nine, he was, he was done for. So, but, uh, he died. Well, I did that on probably all the better dogs. I had magic. I give to Dale Inglefield when he was old. I said, Let him run loose on your farm and he'll have a good time. I said and uh Jack know, Knuckle, like I say, he got hickory and uh I think Jack I give him another dog too when it got old, but uh they kept him till they died and Tommy Gorham had one of my dogs and kept it till it died well
1: listen so, i i want to pick your brain a little bit you've been around these you've been around these dogs for a long time do you train many pups or do you prefer to get an older dog well uh, you know a started dog or
0: when i when i was younger people uh when i was younger i bred a, a good many females to me the female's more important than the male by far. I've always believed that, and I'll continue to believe that. To someone, once in a while, you get a dominant male that does produce. Even if it's bred to a chicken, <laughs> it'll still produce a tree dog. And uh, I've seen two of them. And uh, there's a boy used to hunt with me. He's dead now, Donny Hatcher. He had a Walker female she had tree and easy coon she wasn't nothing much but when he bred her to a certain dog them pups come out like gangbusters i mean they were good uh, they weren't mediocre like i expected them to be or anything but it was a dominant male i feel it certainly wasn't her and uh I just hunted with your hero, uh, Randy Smith, one of his pups. He sold a pup to a good friend of mine. He's going to be a state trooper. He lives 200 miles from me. His name's Cody Fisher. And I kept hearing from Bill Lash, another coon hunter that I've sold dogs to for 50 years. Uh, Bill started coming down here when he was a kid. And he said, you got to see Cody's dog. It's four and a half months old and the tree's coon. I said, now I've had three do that, two, two at four and a half, one at five. I said, that don't come very often. He said, Fred, I'm telling you, his pup's good. He said, he's going to be big. Oh, I know you don't like them big ones. And, uh, so they brought him down. He came down twice and they lived 200 miles from me. A pup uh, first time didn't do nothing great, either did mine, As far as I was concerned, the red dog I took. Uh, we, we made, I think we only made one tree and we couldn't find it. Leaves were on then at mm-hmm. that time. We, oh, and I think we put one hole and we quit because they had a couple hundred miles drive back home. But the second time they come down, it was a lot different. And the first time he come, I said, Cody, you hunting that dog with anything? He says, no, nope, just himself and Bill's dog. I said, well, he's used to Bill's dog. He ain't used to my dog. I said, you got to get him out with some other dogs and hunt him with some other dogs so he starts working better with him. I says, uh, uh, he seems like he's a little leery of that. Well, I, don't, I never did ask him if he started hunting with more dogs or other dogs. But the second time, I seen a big improvement on a dog. He was eight months old when he come down the second time. He split treat on one coon from from my dog. I think we treat. Uh, I believe, at least two coon, and we put one in the hole. And uh, or I think we treat one coon that we saw, one we couldn't find. And we put one in the hole. But uh, i see seen a big improvement on the dog. He's a heck of a nice dog. If he was a red dog, I'd get mm-hmm. serious with him. But he's the wrong color. He's Yeah, I don't think he's going to grow any bigger than what he is now. I'd say he's a 70-pound dog right now. He's mostly black and white. If he got brown in him, it's mm-hmm. very little. And he's a good-looking dog, though. Do yeah. you happen to sure. know
1: what he's out uh, of, what his breeding is?
0: I'd know. If you told me, I, the dog's dead now. He was a seaman. I'd know the dog's mm-hmm. name if I heard it because yeah. they told me. Uh, it's something that Randy had seven or eight years ago, and uh, it's supposed to be a heck of a dog. I, like I say, if you said yeah, the name, Yeah, well they Eight years know, ago,
1: Randy and, and Tom String had a stud dog named Cowboy. Uh, but was it no, out of the no, bone hey, collector dog? Cause Randy bred several females no, to bone collector semen.
0: I, yeah. I don't. Know. Well, we'll so,
1: ask Randy he about. It. He'll <laughs> he'll know. Well, yeah. listen. I, he, along that line, uh, do you have a standard or just a, a a a personal view of how long you'll give a pup to make it? before you decide this one's got to go down the road?
0: If it ain't treating its, if it ain't treating its own coon by seven months old, I start looking elsewhere. Uh, I feel they should show a lot of promise. By And now don't get me wrong. A lot of guys don't hunt like I do. I'm in the woods every night, so there's no excuse here. Uh, they've been given a chance. But I got rid of several. And make good dogs for other people. I was too fast on mm-hmm. judging them, and uh, like I say, uh, uh I look through different things. They gotta go hunting, I can't stand one, I gotta walk. Mm-hmm. And uh, and tree dog is the next thing, uh, because if they go hunting sooner or later, they're going to run into a coon, even if they're by themselves, yeah. and. Uh, but if you got to walk it all over the at age...
1: Okay, me. well, let me and ask uh, you this. Just uh, take that a little bit further because it's kind of getting down close to the bone where I wanted to go with this. Have you seen them that were fairly poor hunters earlier on that later developed into good hunters?
0: Yep. Got rid of the two of them that I could name that I... I give up on them because there's no hunt in them. Yet their parents were Correct. good hunters. And I give up on I, I give the one away. Uh, Scott Perkey got one, uh, a red female called Pepsi. She was listed. I think she's still listed in a top reproducers in a red bone female. She was out of my dog called Downtown Brown. He was a heck of a dog. Mm-hmm. I liked him. And he, he got to die here. I, there's only seven dogs ever had the privilege <laughs> of dying here. And, I bet and, they uh, are eternally grateful
1: to you for that.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I, hey, don't be treated the best if they I do me you. the best. But And uh, like I say, uh, downtown Brown Dog was a good dog. And um, like I say, I had a female named Pepsi. Now, don't get me wrong, she, and uh, Scott Perky's dad stopped me one day. They're farmers. He said, why don't you get my kid a, a puppy or something? He wants a coo, not so bad. He can't afford nothing. Uh, well, they can buy me and sell me, but that's <laughs> way the old man put it. And uh, anyhow, they says, uh, get my kid a puppy. I said, tell him I'll be up Friday night and I might bring him a dog. Well, I had a dog. Uh, I, I know I didn't call her Pepsi. I would never use that name, but he named her Pepsi. I went up there that night and I think she was about eight months old. We took her hunting. The first track, she split three from my other two dogs. I had, I took two older dogs and I was sick. I thought, Man, the way she's trained, she got the tree by herself. And I already promised her to the kid. I can't change. He was only about 15 at the time. I said, I sure as hell can't take it off of him. Coon hunters find that out there. Bad mouth me for 40 years. So I just gave him the puppy and he made her a night champion. He had a couple wins, toward Graham, but he got her killed by a car on a back road uh near his house one night and she was a good dog and like I say she's in the that performance deal where uh, uh they lift you if you top reproducers and so of, forth. You know, well right, you're talking right. about
1: the performance so, program, right? That where they pay back according yeah, to your hands. Right. Yeah. Well well listen, the reason I'm yeah. asking you that, Fred, is my partner uh, down in Virginia, uh, Keston Jesse, he's been on the podcast, uh, and uh, we'll be on some more. But we've got a partnership on a walker female, and she's a year old now. And She's treeing. She's a good tree dog. Um, she hates a coon, all that stuff. But she's lazy when it comes to hunting. And sometimes, you know, she takes it in fits and starts. Sometimes she'll be three fifty out there, you know, and and moving around. Other times she'll be thirty five feet out there, you know, fool fooling around.
0: Well, here's what here's what I told every coon hunter when they buy a puppy or have a young dog. Two things you don't teach a dog, nobody teaches a dog tree coon. They learn that on their own. You just give them the opportunity and take them and you correct the bad habits. But as far as uh, making them better, it's an inherited trait. They either have it or they don't. That patting a tree and all that stuff and getting them up with other dogs that go crazy on a tree. Once in a while, you get one that's turned around, and starts clicking better. But hunting and treeing is an inherited trait; they either have it or they don't. That's my opinion, but I ain't right all the time. Just ninety-nine well, percent
1: thinking. You know that's the philosophy I always hit down through the years. Of course, on this podcast, we get uh, out there the listeners. A lot of them are new hunters. A lot of them are younger hunters. Uh, we're trying to stress patience, you know, be patient with the dog. Don't rush to judgment like you mentioned earlier, you know, give the dog a chance. Well, you know, but down deep inside that old school thing is, and i I tend to agree with you, uh Fred, on that. I think they can improve, but I would a lot rather have one uh that's got the natural hunt ability. You know, we've got a young plot dog, my buddy in North Carolina and I, and that rascal, you know, he's just got all the desire in the world. And uh, and he's the same age as this uh, this female that I'm talking about. But, um, yeah, it, it's hard to put hunt in a dog. You really can't. I mean, you can switch them away from you and make them, you know, get out of your light. Most
0: of them, when you switch them, they just get scared yeah. behind the bush. Most
1: of the time. Or go, come back and run under the truck or whatever. But, you know, yeah. there's the some dogs are more mature at an earlier age than others. And the dog I'm speaking of is, is very immature. She still has a lot of play, a lot of puppy in her. Uh, you know, she's had to be uh, discouraged from chasing stock and doing those kinds of things. But uh, she's a pretty good citizen and, and a really nice tree dog and all, but just lacks that hunt and hustle.
0: Sometimes, you know, sometimes tree hunters go overboard figuring, I'll hunt the heck out of that dog. I'll make it there. A lot of times you just lay him up mm-hmm. for two or three weeks and take him, and you'll see a different dog. Not all, all the time, but I've seen it happen. And I asked one kid one night, I I said, "What did what'd you do to that dog to make him go like that?" He spread iron. "I ain't had him in two weeks. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if he just had a extra good night and he decided to do something, but he's been doing it ever since." Well, this- so I got a young dog right now that I mm-hmm. just recently bought after that dog. Well, I bought him before that dog uh, died on me. Uh, the one I called Red. And listen, I call. Him, I had a. I rarely name a dog two dogs the same name. I had a little female years ago that was outstanding. I called her Tough, and I got her from T.C. Jones down Mississippi. He found her for me, and I went a lot of hunts with her. I sold her to Claude Miller, one of the best red bone men you'll ever meet. Of course, he's deceased now. He owned a supermarket in Pennsylvania, and he called me for a dog one time, and that's how we became friends. And we even bought a dog in partnership together, which didn't work out. The dog was how he won as many hunts as he did. I, I'm still trying to figure that out. He won Red Bone Day in 1966. And we give an outstanding price for him at that time, and to me, he was—I uh, sold dogs for three hundred that was better than this dog. And uh, but anyhow, uh, what the heck? did I tell you this story about that. I—I I was referring back to something, and I guess I'm getting. No, uh, you're but, not. Uh,
1: you're just like me, and I'm not going to own up to being senile quite yet. But you get other things <laughs> on your mind. And uh well we we were just talking about giving up on a dog, you know, for
0: for uh oh uh but anyhow I got this other dog and his name is Tough and I hate to so I just added to it tough enough. Now listen to the here's another catch to dogs, and you probably found it out too. You ever buy a dog, you offer somebody that you know that you'd be willing to buy without trying it. Well, I did that on this dog. And if you don't know the dog, you better know the man. And I, I knew the man. He came here to buy a dog one time years ago. And he had this dog for sale. He's building a house and watching hunting. And he told me about it. I took a chance and. I met, he's from Kentucky, and I met his wife on a Sunday afternoon and bought the dog. Brought him home. I hunt, he told me he was straight, other than he'd treat a bear one night, he told me. But he says, I whipped him good for that. Well, that don't bother me. And we do have bear. I treat, I treat a bear memorial day weekend, uh, with a red dog I had. But anyhow, (laughs) um, I started hunting a dog. A dog would go hunting. I love the way you point him. He's going to go the same way you point him, and you're going to. Now, I'll find him treed every time somewhere the direction I turned him loose at. He covers a lot of ground. He's fast. He's a quick tree dog. Now, he run three deer on me. I called the guy. I says he's afraid I ain't never had trouble with him. He says, one deer. I said, well, I, I said, one of them, he brought a right. I heard it coming. I'm standing on the road, and the deer stops for a second, goes across the road. The dog comes down. He stops, and he looks at me. I didn't whip him. I didn't call him. I didn't say nothing to him. He just quit that deer right there and walked over to me, and I threw him in a dog box. I say, well, if you go run deer, I'll fix you up real quick. And uh, I took him to a field with a bunch of them. He didn't open on them, but he run them the same way they went. I shocked him anyhow. He come right back. I thought the way he came back, I figured he's been worked somewhere with a shocker. But he's run three on me. He hasn't run one in over about three weeks now i love him the dog is a tough little dog and i don't guess wrong too many times but i feel this dog's going to do some winning uh i've already been offered some way more than he's probably worth but i like him he's only 14 oh, that's months great. old that's 15
2: great.
0: 15 mm-hmm. months old and uh but like i say dogs are funny I, and you know as well as I do, when you tell a guy how good this one is, it never works out like that. I'll never forget. I a guy came here to buy a dog off me one time. I, I said I uh, told him about a four-year-old red male I had. It was I thought pretty good. I says I got a young female pup doing real good. I said, I've only had her in the woods maybe five times. Do you mind if I take her? This male dog ain't going to teach her nothing, but she might learn something off of him before you end up buying him tonight. (laughs) He says, no, go ahead, take her. She treed two coon on that male dog, and I know to this day that guy believes I lied to him. I said, I've never seen her do that before. I said, this is news to me. I said, but I'm glad she's doing it. And she looked good. He didn't want that male dog. We treat him. But the female did better than him. And she was only five months, five and a half months old at the time. She, I love to have her today. I a guy stole her. I can't prove it. I know who did it, but I can't prove it. what he did with it. I mm. don't know. But... uh I'd like to have her and see what she had been like at two years old. So but that's all part well, of Dog game.
1: thieves. Yeah. Have you had to uh, encounter that very much over the years? What, dog. What's yeah. that?
0: Dog mm-hmm. thieves? Not anymore. Years ago, years ago, I had two stolen that female and a young male. And, uh, I honestly feel it's the same guy on both of He's dead now, so I don't have to worry about him. My buddy had one storm, and at the time, the guy was in the same business as I was, dog control. He's dead now, too. And I, uh, the hollow that this boy had his missing from is right in the back of this guy's house. And I feel he didn't not but I feel he had a friend who was a coonhunt, and I feel he got that dog and give it to his buddy and they got it out of the country or some darn thing because it never showed up and again. It was a good old, as a hell of a squirrel dog and a good coon dog. T.C. Jones had the dog and I killed 57 squirrel with it, I think, in four days down there in Mississippi. And I told T.C., if you ever decide to sell that dog, give me first shot at it. Hell, but, Six seven months later, he called me. He said, "If you still want to buy that dog, he said, there's a blue dog down there I want to buy." He said, "This was back in the '60s." He says, "TC had money, but he didn't have it then." He says, "Give me 175 dollars, you can buy that dog." I bought the dog in a minute. I got it. I I just figured if I take him coon out in the way tree squirrel, he's going to treat coon. The first night I took him coon hunting, I treed four hmm. coon with him. I showed him, you've heard of this guy, he don't coon hunt anymore. Shelton Morris oh, used to have a blue boom dog called Boomer. for Coomer. sure. Sh- Shelton and I were good buddies. He came down here and went hunting with that little dog. He said, I got to have that dog. I showed it to him for three and a half. So, and... Uh, Later on, a buddy of mine that hunted with it down there bought it back off a shelf. Shelton wasn't hunting at the time, and he went up there, and I told him where I showed the dog, and he bought it back off Shelton. And that's a dog that was stolen, I feel, by the dog. uh, Yeah, well, it
1: happens, and it used to be a, a fairly regular thing when I was at the registry, especially UKC. I would get calls about cases, and we get involved and try to help the people through the network, you know, that we had. And well,
0: you, you, you took care of one of them to a guy down here. that got, he still goes to night hunts. He paid his fines and everything else. He kept the dog hmm. in his house so yep. nobody would see it, and it placed in the world. Yeah, world. and
1: we, we had a situation uh, once where the guy had stolen these dogs and hit them in the attic of the house. It's where he kept them, and eventually, (laughs) you know, they tracked it out through a cornfield to a highway where somebody picked him up with the dog. The dogs wound up in another state farther out west, and uh, through a microchip, one of them was uh, recovered. So, yeah, but it used to get that quite a bit, but not so much anymore, you know. I I haven't heard
0: of anybody having one mission like that. Uh, it makes a story more exciting if you say someone stole it. But a lot of times, uh, I've had him fall mm-hmm. in whales. I had him fall in a cistern. Wow. Uh, Gary Davis, when he was living, told me he fi- lost his own dog in a pipe oh, yeah. under the ground and the tracker wasn't mm-hmm. working. That was the old beat-beat yeah. system. But he finally found the dog and dug uh, to it. I went to a fire department one night and borrowed um, uh, one of them long poles with a hook on. My dog was in a pipe under the road. I went to see if I would get that hook in his collar and pull him my way. And here's probably one of the better ones right near home here. I was hunting, and there's a reservoir there, and there's an overflow pipe. The coo went in the pipe, and I had two dogs go in that pipe after, it, and they went down there at least 12 feet. They were underground where the pipe went back yeah. into the ground. And I said, we'll never get out and get them out. And, uh, and I don't think them dogs can move. Uh, I called my kid on the phone told him the circumstances. I said, bring something out here that we could dig down to the pipe because it's a couple feet underground. The kid bought a sawzall, a spade shovel, a pick, and so we dug down to the pipe. We're right above the dogs. My kid got a sawzall, cut a square in the pipe. Well, the coon went out of the pipe when he heard that sawzall. and went out the other way. The one dog was able to fit through, and he went the same way the coon. The other dog couldn't. He was too big, and he was stuck there. But my kid, the uh, hole that he cut in that pipe, we got him by the tail and start. We're going out of there and got him finally out of the pipe. We found an old rug and we covered that hole, that square hole, and put dirt all over it. I know if they ever had a blockage in that pipe, They'll wonder how the <laughs> hell did that rug get on that pipe and that uh. square hole in there? And. In fact, that's where I was hunting last night,
1: the say I'll words. be darned. Well, yeah. we had one year at the uh, World Hunt up in Columbia City, Indiana there. We had a dog. A guy named Dave Saunders had a dog that got killed. Uh, didn't get killed. He got hung in a pipe and uh, we kind of took up a collection to pay the farmer back. I think they had to take out about three or four rows of corn, get a backhoe back there, and hmm. all dig down. It was a drain tile, they call them. Out there, and,
0: and they have a lot of uh-huh. that in Ohio. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, these coon dogs for yeah. sure get into all kinds of crazy situations.
0: Hey, I, I lost one, I lost a dog here one night. <coughs> I was hunting by myself, which I, I do a lot of that. And I had two dogs, and one of the tracking cars wasn't working right. So I put a nasty on the better dog. I figured they're going to be together anyhow and i hunt i treed four coon that night two with each dog never did they tree together well i got the better dog took him back to the truck the other dog was on another track yet he he was way back in the woods and i was contemplating how i could get to him uh, quicker than walking from from the truck but i'm down in the woods yet and i see a a car pull up to where my truck was parked. I'm hunting at a gun club not far from where I live. And I see a bubble on top <laughs> of the car, so I know it's cops. I go up there. I take keep my light out, and I walked up and surprised him. I said, Wait, what can I do for you? He says, is this your vehicle? I said, yep. <clears throat> he said, what are you doing here? I said, coon hunting. You member this club? I said, no, I'm not. I says, uh, but I was crew nutting up on top of the hill. I had a buddy, his farm I joined a gun club, and he didn't know it. But at the time, a guy named Sam Smith was born and raised on that farm, but he lived 40 mile away, and he was a coon hunter, and I sold him several dogs, but he still owned a property, and they leased it off of the gun club. They even asked me to join when I first moved here. I said, no, I'm not interested, because I said, all I do is coon hunt. I don't trap shoot or anything else. And so, anyhow, a couple of my buddies were members, but I wasn't. So he says, well, I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to see you here anymore. If I do, I'm going to get you for trespassing. I said, hey, buddy, I got a dog lost there, and I'm going to find him. And I'll be back every day till I do find him. And he says, well, you'll be getting a citation if that's the case. Well, I went there. I lost him for 17 days. I put an ad in the paper. I figured if somebody's going to call me, I'm the dog warden. Nobody called me. Putting that in the paper. I talked to every farmer around. They all know me and nobody seen my dog. I went back. I walked the railroad tracks from one town to the other uh, and I was hunting in between. Thought maybe I'd find him dead on the railroad tracks. Didn't find a dog. Went back here on the 17th day. There was that same cop pool in the daytime I was there. That same cop pulled up there. And he right away badmount me. He said, didn't I tell you that I didn't want to see you here again? I said, hey, buddy, I told you I'll be back every day until I find that dog or what happened to it. He gave me a citation. I seen him at the magistrate. I knew darn well the magistrate's going to stick up for me. But I figured there's legal ways to beat him without pulling anything. I called Sam Smith, who owned that property. I told him the circumstance. I said, would you come to a hearing? I told him a day and a time. He said, I'll be there. And uh, I put it. I says, first of all, your honor. I said, I want to point out. They have a, a stipulation that on the uh, township roads in Swickley Township, you're allowed to park within 35 feet of the road uh, and still be legal. I was parked over that, uh, so I wasn't trespassing. I was on public road where I was. And uh, so uh, there's no violation there. He didn't catch me in the woods, so he doesn't know I was in that woods, although I admit that I was. I says, before I go any further, I want to call one of my witnesses right now. And I says, uh, let's get Sam Smith up on his stand here. Uh I said, Sam, how well do you know me? Oh, heck, I've known you for 25 years. Did you ever buy dogs off me? He said, bought a bunch of them. I said, did you ever give me permission to hunt on the uh, the uh gun club property? He said, yeah. I told the president, and he had the president there. I told the president I got some friends that might want to hunt here. If they do come down and hunt, just don't bother them. Let them go. And uh and the guy, the president of the club spoke up. Sam, I don't remember that, but if you said you said it, you said it. <laughs> and so the magistrate threw it out. That trooper was pissed. But I called my lawyer. I said, Jim, I want to teach this cop a lesson. What can I do? He says, write a nasty gram to the supervisor out in Harrisburg and tell them all your circumstances that this guy gave you trouble from day one and where other cops have stopped you different times and says if they see your dog they'll call you and stuff like that this guy was belligerent and had the wrong attitude right off the bat they did. They sent a trooper uh, head of the Harrisburg uh, unit I still remember his name Pudliner which is an odd name, and I still got his card. This was over 20 years, 20 years ago. They give that trooper a desk job, and uh, after that, he wasn't allowed to patrol or anything else. And he's never, if he ever gets back to patrol, he's never uh, allowed to write a citation for trespassing, no matter what the circumstances are. They sent me a copy of everything they sent him. So that worked out pretty good. I put it in the letter. And which was the truth? I said, I've been stopped by police before. I tell them I'm looking for a dog trying to find. They says, well, if we find it, we'll call. I give my phone number. We'll call you. Or if we can grab it, we'll grab it and bring it back to you. But I said, this guy was just ignorant from day one. So at least I fixed him up. he probably still feel uh well, me. we appreciate
1: so, law like, enforcement because they're very necessary and a lot of these people get really put their lives on the line and 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 all and and can't say enough about, you know, the people that are first responders and all of those people that work in public service to help us. But when you get somebody with an attitude, you know, and we had a guy back yeah. That's what it
0: was. We that's had a guy back
1: in Michigan, they called him Rambo. I don't know what his name was. <laughs> I heard There's some uh, yeah, here this was too. Well, this is hearsay because I did not witness this myself. But he was the kind of guy that went in and checked the same guy in his tree stand every day for several days during mm. during this uh, deer season. You know, which that's harassment as far as I'm concerned. And he was the same guy that we were standing along a roadway, a uh, gravel road, listening to dogs run in the woods, had a young fella that happened to be the, the, the kid of the landowner with us. And we're standing there, and this unmarked pickup truck comes flying down the gravel road, brakes slam on, guy jumps out, no uniform, comes over, what are you guys doing? said, well, sir, we're... We're uh, coon hunting. And I said, Might I ask you what you're doing? And <laughs> he said, uh, Well, I'm a conservation officer. And I said, Well, uh, you're out of uniform and your vehicle's not marked. Do you have any identification? And of course, that was, you know, he didn't like that. But I knew, yeah. you know, basically who he was. So I said, Well, Young man, here telling what who you are and what's going on here, and all. Of course, he did, and but you know, you just have to if you're in public service like some, that,
0: you know. Some of them, some of them, rabid cops go overboard. Oh yeah, and uh, we got a couple. We got a couple. They they think that there's a the head of the state police and state militia, the FBI, and everything. <laughs> It goes to their head down match, oh, yeah, yeah, and uh,
1: it happens.
0: But most of most of them are good guys. But every once in a while, you well, get one you're of always
1: going to get. I mean, if you if you're a coon hunter and you're out there in the dark of night, you're apt to be checked from time to time. Last year, right. at White River, I think one of the last nights we hunted, uh, we got checked at a common place that we hunt there and had never seen this guy before. And it turns out that he's actually a federal game warden. And, um, you know, and, and he was, he was okay. I mean, he was by the book. He was, everything was, you know,
0: uh, yeah. there's a game warden that lives next door. My kid's got property, a couple of different places. He's got a little farm down the street from where we used to live. And, um uh, the game wood lives in the house next to it. And uh, before we became buddy buddy, uh, he cuts my kids' grass for him down there and everything else. He's gung ho. And uh, like I say, I figure sooner or later, someone's going to put him in his place, but it's never happened. He's calmed down. Though uh, the first two or three years, they try to make an impression, and a lot of times it's wrong <laughs> impression. But uh, oh, yeah, well, you can say. tell right away uh, if
1: the guy's knowledgeable. You know, he's he's a woodsman. He's been out there and knows. Or whether he's maybe just out of, out of school and and you know doesn't really understand what you're doing. Let me tell you a real funny little story hunting one night in Michigan, one dog, me, at a place where you park on one side of the road, cross the little gravel road and climb a little bank and go through a fence and go. And there's a woodlot that sits up on high ground. I would take my dog, put him under that fence, and, you know, he'd head to the woods. Well, he gets up there and gets a tree. Now, deer season is in at this time. So I'm up on a hill, and I'm sure that my light shining in the tree is visible from a long distance. Well, there's a coon. It's season. Uh, I shoot the coon. I put it, the whole coon in my game bag on my truck. Out uh, on well, my truck, on my game bag on my coat, and head back to the truck. As I'm getting ready to go through this fence, I set my gun down. Uh, I'm trying to pull this barbed wire up so I can scoot under. Of course, I got permission to be there. All of a sudden, I get mm. lit up. It looks like the landing light on a 747, you know, lights. said, yep. game warden, you know, he's or conservation officer, he said. And so I stepped down to the road, and he's there. And uh, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, <laughs> well, I got a dog here on the leash. I got, a, I got a gun in my hand. I got a light on my head. And I didn't say all that, but I'm thinking, what do you think I'm doing? But anyway, I said, I'm coon hunting. And he said, uh, did you kill anything? And I said, yeah. He said, where is it? I said, it's in my coat. <laughs> We're getting some background. Are you getting windy there. It sounds like Fred. Yeah, it
0: is. I'm I'm in the process. I got to go pick a guy up at one thirty, and I was going to continue talking to you till I oh, got Oh, okay. The so
1: you're squared away there now.
0: Well, in about ten seconds. Okay.
1: Okay. I should. Well, that's all right. That's fine. But anyway, I was going to tell you uh, the one little the punchline to this long boring story is when I showed him the coon, he looked at it, and the next question he asked me was, "Do you have any other animals in your truck in your coat?" I'm determined to say truck instead of coat. I'm thinking I want to say yeah. There's a giraffe and an elephant and a, <laughs> a hippopotamus. But, uh, you know, that bedside manner, I guess, is uh, is the...
0: Uh, yeah, put it this way. You know as well as I do, 85% of them guys that have become a game ward have never coon yeah. hunted. And it's a new thing for them. You have to explain it. It's different if they have coon hunting with at least somebody through their years, but most of them haven't. I've taken a lot of guys that just became game wardens, took them out, and they want to see what it's all about. I have a picture of one that was really Dongo, uh, but he knew about coon hunting. And uh, I got a picture of me and him holding coons mm-hmm. up together. I used to, he showed me a lot of new places to hunt that I didn't know of. Yeah. Uh, he had a little bit further to drive, but I didn't mind that. Yeah. Well,
1: so, I want to absolutely clarify that, you know, my purpose here in this podcast is not to m- knock. The conservation officers and the people that do a good job in, in protecting our resource, right. because there are poachers, there are narrative wells out there that would, you know, uh, bring uh, hunters uh, in a bad light and all, and and we totally support all that. But it is uh, it is interesting and and uh, uh, to know that there's a lot of guys out there doing the job that don't really understand. Uh, who they're dealing with or what and i guess that behooves us you know to get when we have a coon club or whatever invite the local game warden invite him out to the club meetings get him out there and tell him what you're doing show him what you're doing invite him to go along her, him or her on a hunt with you sometime if they don't understand most of the time they think about coon hunters is that reason why they got called in the middle of the night, had to get up out of bed and come out because yeah, somebody, yeah. you know, was maybe trespassing on a, a property that they didn't have permission or or the people just simply didn't understand what those lights or what those gunshots meant, you know, in the middle of the night.
0: We got in our area, I got, well, one county touches the other, but it's two brothers, and I know them well. When I first moved up this way from the city, they used to go coon out with me all the time, and I started taking them when they were about 14, one, one of them was maybe 15, the other one 13 or 14, and uh, they don't go coon hunting one of them even rented off of me for a short period of time, and uh, him and his wife split up, and he rented off of me for a, while, a short period of time. They don't coon hunt anymore, but uh, uh, they they do do a lot of deer hunting in that, and they like that.
1: Well, and, what so, would you say the population what, of coon hunters is now in your what, area compared to years ago?
0: We got, we got quite a few over here, as far as I'm Uh concerned. Uh, There's a good number. Uh, Our Coon Club, uh, which is Laurel Island's Coon Hunters, I'm not bragging. I think we got the best club in Pennsylvania. When you go to a meeting in our club, there's at least 40 people most of the time. That's a good crowd for a meeting, for a meeting. And I've counted already 61 and i thought that was fantastic the other club well i don't want to badmouth anybody on air or anything like that but i i know one club uh they have only seven mm. members uh and they still put on yeah. in that i know another club that only has 10 i know another club that's supposed to fold up the only thing that was the other members say they put on turkey shoots, and that keeps their club going yeah. money wise. And they said if it wasn't for the turkey mm-hmm. shoots, they'd have folded up a long time ago. Uh, I truly believe Laurel Highlands is the best club in Pennsylvania, at least that I'm familiar with. Well, you with. would know for sure, uh, and
1: those numbers are phenomenal for this day and time. I talked to a, sportsman down a hunter down in the state of alabama the other day and they had a night hunt and only drew one dog and you know of course it's hunting season i guess uh and deer hunting yeah. and a lot of other things are taking people you know keeping people's um occupied at this this time of year but but uh well it's good to hear that the you know the sport's healthy
0: we we have a big coup we have a big coup contest tomorrow at that club. Now they'll get a good crowd there yeah. tomorrow. Rest yeah. Well now life. how
1: do you do it? Do you actually go by the weight and the biggest one wins or do you uh dr- M-
0: most of them go by the weight. I I guess you probably heard about that oh, yeah. contest that we, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we gotta check I I told the one guy we're gonna count on there better not be no sinkers. In your, <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, box. some
1: of the clubs I, I talked to some people down in I believe it was North Carolina. Uh, the way they do their their big ga- their big coon contest, you bring them back and you weigh the the coon and then your weight goes on a slip, and then at the end of the thing, there's a drawing. And they just draw, well, right. they listen, draw the poundage. Yeah, you know, I, mean.
0: I went, I went to one in Kentucky. I went clear down there to. It cost us fifty bucks, but they had one hundred and fifty people entered, and they give ten prizes away. Like first prize is two thousand dollars. Second prize is a uh, thousand then they start giving tracking outfits shocking outfits stuff stuff like that. 10th prize was a uh, 500 pound of dog food so if you did win at least your 50 dollars back worth of goodies and what they did everybody bought a coon in got a ticket and with a number on it. and then they had a drawing and if they drawed your number Mm-hmm. And so it was a drawing, really. The weight didn't matter whether it was a two pound coon right, or a 20 pound right. coon. If you, if you didn't bring a coon in, you but didn't. But yet you're t- still
1: getting the experience, you know, seeing the coon coming in, well, seeing who, how big a coon did Fred catch. How many? I didn't win
0: yeah. nothing, but
1: I. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, how's the weather over there in Western Pennsylvania for your event? Fun.
0: Uh, you ever hear Carl Smith, a oh, yeah. the squirrel dog man yeah. Hillman, Jukebox Tennessee? Dogs? I think they tell me yeah. the one. They tell me the one he puts on draws five hundred dogs, but they give away five thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I think it's held in December first yeah. week of December. Uh too many people told me about it and they all said the same thing. So it's gotta be true. It must be a heck of a crowd there and a heck of a hunt to get that. Well, I remember
1: dog. when we started the squirrel hunts with PKC and we had the first hunt there at Chickasaw uh State Park there in Tennessee and of course Carl was was involved with his dogs there and all at that time. But uh, uh-huh. well Fred, it's been great visiting with you. It's as we're
0: Hey, you ought to have enough. You ought to have enough news for the next. No, 20
1: no, years. no. We're just getting started. <laughs> I'm gonna. I've kind of got a commitment from that hunting uh, buddy of yours, Patty. Uh, does she pronounce that bizich oh, or bizich? She'll fill your ears. She'll, she'll
0: entertain your <laughs> Well, we're you gonna, gonna get the two of
1: you on there, and I'm gonna get to straight on some some of these stories here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna check. <laughs> We're not all true. <laughs> See if there's any fake news in this deal. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Fred, as we're recording this, Thanksgiving's just a few days away, and I want to take the opportunity to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Same. Same
0: thing Absol- to you and your family. Oh, hey, and you tell Patty, say, he was thinking about calling uh, for me to me you, to call another girl the odds with him, a blonde bomber. See what oh, she was. Oh, I said. know,
1: I know. <laughs> I th- I think I always already figured out that that could get the, real interesting. This,
0: blonde, <laughs> this This woman loves to go in the woods, and she especially likes to yes. see deer. And I seen her in the woods oh every night for a, a week straight. Sitting yeah, in the field you told us about that on.
1: oh yeah.
0: uh, I said. I thought she was waiting on a boyfriend or something. So she says, uh, what are you going to do with them dogs? I said, I'm going to not. She said, I'd like to try that sometime. I said, you be at my house tomorrow at 7 o'clock. She came up in shorts. I said, you better go home and get own pants on. You ain't going to last long with them shorts on. Uh. And the first first tree we tree on, there was multi floor rows all oh, around it. Oh, yeah. you know what that for is? Sure. I says, if you had them shorts on, your legs look That's like that razor sure. blade cutter. For so, sure. Well, so I say, you'd be. The guys you had. That's right. Well, on. if you
1: want to hang with me here just a minute, I need to pay some bills. I want to especially. There's a
0: buck just right in front of
1: me. across the road. Oh man! Don't hit that thing. Now. Deer
0: season ain't in till
1: two more weeks. You uh, you'll get the get that hot off the grill venison there if you're
0: not careful. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I want to thank my friends at DU Hunting Supply, for providing the time that I have here to spend with you each week. And uh, if you need anything in the line of hunting gear, apparel, uh, technical support for the uh, electronics uh, that you buy, uh, they will definitely uh, take care of they're, you.
0: They're good and they're pretty fast, too. I've I got a couple callers off them.
1: Yeah, yeah, they sure are. And looking for the... Uh, UPS guy or whatever, FedEx guy to be at the door today. I ordered some stuff this, this week. And I will, for the listeners out there that may be interested, and especially if you let your wife listen to this podcast, I'm not I'm sure most of the women are have never been that bored, but they <laughs> they uh, uh need to know that I'm running a special for Christmas, for the holidays, of my book, Gone to the Dogs, a coon hunter's journey, and uh, the Gone to the Dogs ball cap. Each of those items are normally $25. Uh, the, free, the shipping is free, but I'm running a bundle here like the big box stores. Uh, you can get them both for a total of $40. I'll ship it to you free. And that's at stevefielderbooks.com. Fred, I really appreciate you spending the time with us today. And uh, we'll, we'll hook up here uh, before long. And you take care of yourself,
0: brother. All right, Steve. Have a nice holiday.
1: All right, you too.
0: See yeah. you,
1: folks. If anybody asks you where I am for the next uh, ten days or so, I'm going to be in the uh, on the White River in the great state of Arkansas at the White River Refuge. A trip I take every year. But if they ask you where I am, just tell them he's gone to the dogs.